Thank you so much to our musicians, uh, for everyone on the AV, all who make this possible. We have people uh, providing uh, the, the supper as well later on, and um, we're indebted to lots of people that make today possible. And we have a verse um, that we've been looking at this Christmas in our church, uh, and it's been read already. Um, Alan Wallace read it to us in part of his passage. It's found in Isaiah chapter 9, and I'm sure you've heard it before, uh, even today. Let me read it again to you, and it's this. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you looked at these titles, um, Prince of Peace first, Everlasting Father this morning, and now we're going to look at Mighty God. I wonder what you would like for Christmas. I wonder what you would like for Christmas. Perhaps it's something that's just a little bit or maybe a big bit beyond the giver's ability to give you. Financially, yeah, we we can imagine that. Like a holiday in the Bahamas or a bigger house or or a new car because the old one just keeps having to be fixed, doesn't it? Or perhaps it's beyond them in a different way. Something you you can't touch or, or never mind buy in the shops. Perhaps you would want I don't know, a clean bill of health. Maybe you'd like more of a sense of, of purpose or positivity or company in your loneliness despite being surrounded by people all the time. Or maybe it's to be free from that big problem that you wake with every morning. But instead... You'll get socks or a soup set, uh, celebrations or a voucher for Amazon. We all wish for something. We really do. There are very few people who would complete the sentence, if there was one thing I could change about my life, it would be with the word nothing. What about you? What about you? Chances are that there's something you'd really like, but you have to sort of push it back down again to the bottom of your heart because the person giving you gifts this Christmas lacks the ability. It's just beyond them. In fact, it's beyond anyone, to be fair. So you say, thank you very much for the socks and the soap set and the celebrations and the Amazon voucher. But what? What if you met someone who was able to deliver your big request We're going to look at uh, three things you may be after this Christmas. And and none of them can be wrapped or will fit under a tree that you maybe quietly are longing for. Maybe you're longing for purpose. Is it that? I wonder, have you ever thought about the number of times you've done Christmas? This is my 39th. This is quite an easy calculation. You take your age. It might be plus or minus one. Depends. (laughs) Perhaps you've had uh, much less, uh, you've had much less than that, or or maybe maybe many more than that. And year after year, it came and it's went and it's been nice, and but then it's over. 
Every one of them had the same songs on the radio, Mariah Carey and Slade and Elton John and Band-Aid. And everyone had a, had a Queen's speech and, and Christmas movies. And everyone with its uh, must-have toy for the year, uh, Tamagotchis and Furbies and Stretch Armstrong and Buzz Lightyear toy trolls, hoverboards, PlayStation. We've had a lot, haven't we? Everyone with a mad rush to get everything done and then it is done. Ever had that sense of life on the treadmill, just going from one Christmas to the next, just going from one thing to the next. The ticking of the clock, years going by, what's it all about? What's it all for? Even people who we would have considered have had full lives with lots going on can have that sense of pointlessness, lacking a point of reference, a reason for being here on the big green and blue sphere that we call planet Earth. At Christmas time, I I like to bring out the record player. Pure nostalgia, yeah? Nat King Cole. Chestnuts roosting on an open fire. I'm not going to sing it. With that little crackle uh, that comes with the vinyl, it's just great. I have, a, I have an old record uh, from the 1990s. It's a compilation. I think it's called Now 20 or something. And there's a song before the last, uh, and it's called this. Always Look on the Bright Side of Life by Monty Python. You probably remember it, some of you. Sounds like a good way, doesn't it, to to fight off the lack of purpose. Just look on the bright side. Except when you listen to the voiceover in the kind of song, there's a bit where he speaks in it. And it says this. You came with nothing. You leave with nothing. What have you lost? Nothing. But of course, meaninglessness like that is is not helpful. It's actually stifling. It's life-sapping. It's depressing, even. But there is a Christmas gift that can scratch such a deep itch. And it's mighty God in the manger. Isaiah spoke of his coming 700 years, as I said before, and he called him, amongst other things, mighty God. Revelation chapter 4, verse 11 says, You are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power. For you created all things, and by your will they were created and have their being. And in that verse we have our purpose, right? You see, you have been created by mighty God. You and I were made for a purpose. It was to, it was to worship him. It was to worship God, the same God who, who made you. To reflect his image, which you display as a man or as a woman, and to worship him. It was in deciding to reject this, our God, that, that Adam and Eve, they fell. And they disconnected from God, and they lost their sense of purpose, and, and it's been like that ever since. The reason for being on planet Earth in the first place was lost. And we've been trying ever since to fill in the gaps But nothing really works. Every fresh idea is a false dawn. Every new way is a dead end eventually. And this exists in all of us ever since the beginning, this disconnect. And Jesus comes as mighty God in the manger. He's he's a real baby. He cries, he needs milk, and he needs rock to sleep. But he's, he's also different because he is God. He has two natures, human and divine. And and because of that, he's the one who brings us back to the purpose for which we were made for. He's able to to mediate, to to bring the separate parties that have been disconnected back together again. We're not just all left on planet Earth writing our own little story of me and the world or me against the world. 
As much as our culture loves individualism and rejects sort of one-size-fits-all truth, no, no, being left alone and confused is the road to purposelessness. You see, this is not just the story that you know so well. Mary, the virgin who's appeared to by an angel and finds herself with a child outside of marriage, who who travels to Bethlehem uh, to be registered with Joseph and and finds there's no room uh, to stay despite the nearness of her delivery, who gives birth probably among animals and lays her newborn son in a manger to sleep and is visited by humble shepherds who later on... um, who later on is encountered by wise men from the east on a long journey, who bring gifts of gold and frankincense and myrrh, with Herod, of course, the the villain shaking his head in disbelief as it all unfolds in his region. No, this is one big story, one big story of Jesus coming to fix what is wrong with the world. Adam broke it, disconnecting us from God, and Jesus comes to restore, to fix And what happens when you find Jesus is that he makes you part of his story. The bigger story of him fixing the world. That brings meaning to your life. That brings purpose. Well, you lacked it before. And it makes things the way they were meant to be. Perhaps you're longing for purpose. or Maybe you're longing for togetherness this Christmas. Togetherness. Yes, this is the most normal Christmas for about three, isn't it? 2020, it was a write-off. 2021 was improved, but there was still plenty of concern in the air. Isn't that right? But there's none of that on the horizon this year. This, this, there's mask-free togetherness, isn't there? What I offer you is mighty God in the manger. You can, of course, this year party like it's 2019 with the sights and the smells and the sound of Christmas, uh, the Christmas songs playing, uh, the, the dog going mad with the smell of the turkey, uh, the, the, the rest of the house smelling of cinnamon and candles, the, the, the rich food, the turkey, the ham, the roast potatoes, the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, the yule logs and the mince pies and the Christmas cake and the Christmas pudding, the sweets afterwards, the board games, the essential family photographs. You can have it all together. You can forget the loneliness of recent Christmases, if that's the way it was. But of course, there are some who are not with us. Aside from the king speaking this year, reminding us at 3 p.m. of one who's not with us, there are others closer to you, closer to some of you. There are others not present in the photos this year. And Christmas is a hard time for those who grieve. For the memories flood back and the nostalgia for other times rushes back. For those of you longing for togetherness, I offer you mighty God in the manger. You say, how does that help me? You say, what's that got to do with with togetherness? Well, you have to understand what God is like. How he has revealed himself to us in the Bible. You see, he's one, but he's also three. He's one God, but he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We know this because of how Father, Son, and Holy Spirit interact in the Bible. Luke chapter 3, verse 21 says, When all the people were being baptized, Jesus was baptized too. And, he, and as he was praying, heaven was opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And a voice came from heaven, You are my Son, whom I love. With you I am very, I am well pleased. 
Yes, I know this is hard to get your head around, but this is the way of it. And, and you see, God cannot love, God cannot be love if there is not another for him to love. Another object, in other words, of the love. And before the world was, God existed in perfect happiness as a three. The Father loved the Son, and the Son loved the Father, and the Spirit is loved by the Father and the Son and loves them both back. You see, the Son was not created at Bethlehem. He was not created full stop. He was given a body then, yes, but, but he always was before that. Uh, God sent forth his son, the Bible says, which, which implies that, 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 that he was sent out from a previous state of existence. Jesus' life didn't begin when he was born of, of woman as, as a child in Bethlehem. He was, he was before time itself. When it comes to God, what we have is a community, a three, a loving community. And being made in God's image makes you and I long for community too. Community in the Trinity speaks of how things should be for us. We long to be together. We, we long for those we love around us. We, we, we don't want to say goodbye to them, of course. And, and, and with the relationship with Jesus, yes, we have a relationship with, with God again. And we also have a relationship with other people who have a relationship with Jesus. We have a community. We have a togetherness. We have a we, have a, we a sense of purpose together. The gathering of people Sunday by Sunday here and in many other places, well, people who are, who are not the same. People, some are older, some are younger, some are richer, some are poorer, some with different ethnic backgrounds, some with, from different cultures, some glass half full in attitude, some more cautious than that, some chatty, some less chatty. But we want all of this in this church because that is how God wants it and that is what God will, in fact, do when he remakes the whole world when Jesus returns. Community is what you were made for. And when he returns, we'll be united with all those who have gone on before who knew him too. We have community. We have togetherness. Jesus brings together people who would never find each other in any other social setting or gathering. And he gives them community and togetherness, the way things were meant to be. Maybe, and finally, you have a longing for forgiveness this Christmas. Perhaps the row has been brewing for most of the year now with the family. And well, things are getting serious now as Christmas approaches. They're coming to a, to a, to a head, aren't they? Because what are you going to do? Are you going to invite them round, or are you going to stand your ground? Are you going to give them their presents, or are you going to give the presents away to charity? What are you going to do? And you wish it wasn't this way. Whether in your heart of hearts you know it is essentially your fault, or you have been essentially, uh, essentially been scapegoated and treated unfairly. Well, you wish it wasn't this way. But can you do it? Can you make Christmas a time of forgiveness in your family? Now, it's risky because you could, you could go out on a, on a limb and be rejected. You could offer an olive branch and find someone else isn't willing to calm it down, to, to see that as a, another insult that you would even think you could calm it down, and that would do it. You see what I mean? 
But like Matt Hancock on I'm a Celebrity, if you take that as genuine, you just want a bit of forgiveness. You want happy families again. You want happy Christmas. The war is over. But again, I offer you the one that Isaiah calls mighty God in the manger. Because fundamentally, happiness is to be found in a relationship with mighty God, which begins with forgiveness. Not for the wrongs of anyone else, but with a grimace for the wrongs that we've done. Our own contribution to the breakdown of relationships. For, 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 for it's that relationship with God that's chiefly at stake. See, he's the one that all our wrongdoing, our selfishness, our me-first actions are ultimately against. Now, perhaps that doesn't sound right to you. That, that you would somehow find fulfillment and happiness in considering the seriousness of what you've done and your need for forgiveness from God. That doesn't sound like a good idea. But that word forgiven in the Bible has the sense of being lifted or removed. It's like the removal of a weight from off of you. The burden of your sin is it's that sort of sense of, of a weight. And when you get the burden off your back, well, that's when the Bible speaks of there being real joy and happiness. Listen to Romans 4. Oh, that, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight, Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. It's only in saying sorry and turning from our sins that we can start that relationship with God and receive the forgiveness that Jesus offers. And once God has forgiven you because of Jesus taking your sin and giving you his righteous record, well then, it's a Christian who realizes that you, what you've received is so great that you can forgive others. We're not suggesting that that's the end of all the trouble with people. But from a position of God forgiving you your sins, well, that's a community then that can be kind and compassionate to one another, the Bible says. Forgiving each other just as God and Christ has forgiven you, as we read in Ephesians chapter 4, verse 32. What do people really want for Christmas? Well, you can find out if you watch the adverts on television. And try to sort of read a little bit between the lines. So eBay, eBay and their advert says, it's about finding that one thing that means everything. Now that's purpose, isn't it? That's purpose. Tesco, well they say they are the, the Christmas party this year. That's, that's, that's togetherness, isn't it? That's togetherness. A party is people together, yeah? And Boots, well they say it's about joy for all. Well, that's the lifting of the thing that's weighing you down, isn't it? Now, they'll all lead you to themselves, to their products. And, but there is truth, isn't there, in the heart of it? What do people want? I wonder what you're looking for. Deep down, something to take you off the treadmill and give you purpose. Something to bring you out of loneliness, even and among a crowd, to community and among people who worship in the community of God. Are you longing for forgiveness? Deep down, that's the, the root of joy for you. What Isaiah speaks about encompasses everything on your list. I offer you mighty God in the manger. You see, he has to be God because we're not ourselves able to solve our problems. We can't find fulfillment or purpose ourselves. It only comes when we're, we're in a relationship with our creator. 
That's what we're here for. We can't find true community apart from being in relationship with God who is community. We can't, find, uh, we can't achieve forgiveness with others. For some of them will snub the offer. We can't find forgiveness with the ultimate one who we need forgiveness from until we have it from God. A relationship with mighty God is the one you need. It's it's the fulfillment and purpose you were after with purchase after purchase, holiday after holiday, Christmas after Christmas. It's the the togetherness you want. Uh, The Christian community is the community you long for. It, It offers forgiveness, the root of lasting happiness for you. It's the relationship you were made for. But of course, some of you here today don't know him. Some of you have never received this gift of mighty God in the manger. And that leaves you disconnected from God, out of the greatest community on earth, God's believing community, and left with all that guilt and shame for all that you have done for all of eternity. You see, if I've told you this right, it'll make you wish that the message of the Bible is true. Certainly, if I've told it to you right. We have a nativity scene uh, that our children play with. It's a little, you build it up, it comes apart, you build it again. It has a stable structure. Uh, It has a little Mary, a little Joseph, a little shepherd, a couple of shepherds, a wise man or two. And one of our girls was building it a couple of weeks ago. And she was sort of commentating her way through it. She didn't really realize I was listening. And she wasn't speaking to me, but I overheard her say, I'll just put God in the middle there. And sure enough, as I, as I looked, she'd built the thing up and set the manger with the baby right in the middle and the people around the stable. And what struck me was that she didn't say Jesus or the baby. She said God. Because that is who he is, of course. Mary lifts her baby and holds God in her hands. That, that's, that is shake your head mind-blowing, isn't it? Think about it. That's beyond our wildest imagination. The one in Mary's arms would walk on water. The one in Mary's arms would raise the dead. The one in Mary's arms would himself rise again from the dead and come back to rule the entire world. That's what we're talking about. It's incredible. But it's true. Without ceasing to be what he was, God, he became what he was not, a man. And he walked the earth. And he went all the way to the cross to be the sacrifice for sins that we need. That is the real miracle of Christmas. God, mighty God, is in the manger. And you can have Jesus, the greatest gift of all. Now we're going to sing our final carol together. It's joy to the world as we bring our afternoon together to a close and sing these words.
want to first of all remind you that we have some refreshments now for you. Um, the mince pies have been in the oven. Kim's been uh, working flat out in there, organising all of that and others. And uh, so those are for you. Please do not leave. Uh, come through these uh, doors to my left, your right, and we'll be enjoying uh, some of that together. Uh, also, uh, you're invited uh, to our Christmas morning family service, which is on Christmas morning, Sunday, uh, the 25th, of course, at 10.30. Please do come along to that as well. And if you have any children with you, uh, they're very welcome to bring their toys, and I'd like to get a look at them on Christmas morning. So that's for you. But before we um, um, have our refreshments, I'm going to pray and close our service um, Let's do that. Father, uh, we are thankful for all uh, the wonderful things that um, the, the baby Jesus, the mighty God in the manger brings. And we pray that you would give us a real sense of that this Christmas time. Thank you for these refreshments that have been provided. We give you our thanks and ask you to bless our time together and our conversations and what we eat and drink. And we pray for this now as we part in Jesus' name. Amen.